This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company, and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond, and they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to The Church Boys Free Fall Q&A. It's Billy Hollowell here with The Church Boys, and I have Chris Field. And we have somebody who I've actually been dying to talk to for a long time. We have Tim Tebow on the line. How are you doing Woo! today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So... You've got a lot of stuff going on, um, but I think you know one of the things that I want to chat with you about is this season two of the show Home Free. You have joined on as a host. Tell me, tell me just a little bit about the show. What can viewers expect this season? Well, there's so much that they can expect. But what really drew me to the show was the overarching theme of love and sacrifice, because every single one of the contestants, they're there to compete to try to win a home for their hero, someone that has. Um, made a difference in their life, and this is their chance to turn around and say thank you. Um, and in a time where so much is about me and us and, you know, and what can happen for me and just a very selfish outlook, this is a show that's all about changing other people's lives. It's what the heroes did for the contestants, and now the contestants are trying to turn around and win a home for their hero. And the amazing thing about this show is, yeah, everyone's trying to compete for the grand prize, but even when a contestant loses and they're eliminated from the competition, they still win the home that we built that week for their hero. And so everybody walks away as a winner, and every single one of the heroes gets a brand-new home. And that's why it's so special, and that's why I love being a part of it is because we we, we have the chance to change people's lives and give them hope for the future, and um, and that's pretty cool. Where does, where does this happen? Is it all in one neighborhood? Is it... Is it it's around all the in one neighborhood. We're building a neighborhood from. We built a neighborhood from the ground up. Uh, Eleven homes, um, and it's awesome. My uh, co-host is Mike Holmes, who's like the master builder, and we just. It was just so much fun to be able to build an entire neighborhood with the contestants, um, and at the same time be able to give away a home every single week to a wow. deserving hero. It's pretty special. That is cool. So. I've got to ask you a question because one of the things that I found fascinating about you over the years has been this consistent um, ability to use fame for good. And so I guess you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you is out of all the things you've experienced in, in the realm of, of fame and all the things you've done, what has been the biggest blessing that fame has brought to you personally? Oh, man. I, I, yeah, that's... Uh... That's, that's a hard question to answer. I think, you know, I'm just so grateful for the platform that that God's given me through the sport of football and the other things that I've done. And I think, um, honestly, just because of, 
it had such an impact on my testimony when my first mission trip to the Philippines, I got to um, meet a special boy that really impacted my life whose feet were on backwards, and he was looked at as cursed from the village and from, um, you know, all the people there, and I got to um, be able to carry him and just share with the the village that he's not cursed, but he's loved by God. And but that boy and his friends really made an impact on my life. And um, and he, you know, people looked at him as cursed because his feet were on backwards, and because you know they thought, oh, this, you know, he must be cursed because he was born like this. And and now to be able to have a hospital in the Philippines that we take kids in. Um, like Sherwin and whose feet are on backwards or they have club feet or they have cleft lip or they're bow legged or they have something where people says, Oh, there's something wrong with you. We get to carry them into the hospital and they get to walk out and we get to share the love of Jesus with them every single time. And, you know, there's a, a lot of things that we we're doing to try to make a difference. But I think, you know, because of the impact Sherwin had on my life and on my heart when I was 15, that's pretty special because I feel like every time, you know, someone like that comes in a hospital, you know, I think a sure one every time. Mm. That's amazing. And, and I think, you know, even with you talking about this again, you see sort of the, this ability for you to be humble. And I think that's something that's impressed a lot of people that through the fame, you've had humility. And I guess you know, one thing that I've been curious to know is how do you and how have you consistently maintained humility, but also maintained your relationship with God, considering the chaos that fame brings for most people? Well, I tell you what, humility is something that's extremely tough. It's just, you know, you're you're always on the spectrum back and forth and you know, you might feel you might be feeling kind of, you know, in a state of humility for a second and all of a sudden you hear the wrong thing, you say the wrong thing, you do and it goes back and forth and and so I think, you know, being you know, trying to be humble is is a state of recognition of where you're at to uh, in your relationship to Christ and knowing that I have nothing to brag about. I've done nothing. I've been, you know, I've been gifted. Um, you know, I've been blessed with certain gifts and I've been able to use them, but they can be gone instantly. It literally instantly, any platform, fame, money, uh, any of that can be gone instantly. And so that's why you just can't brag about stuff. The only thing that we're called to brag about is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he's the one that did everything for us, and he overcame death and hell and everything else. And he's the reason that we get to stand in victory, because we know him and we love him. Yeah. No. Now, I think one of the other things that has fascinated me, too, is yeah, you, you faced criticism at times. Everybody does, right? You, so many people love you, praise you. Then you have the critics. They criticize you over faith. They, you know, there was the Tebowing thing. So many people loved it. Then you had the critics. <laughs> How have you processed that internally? Because I know you see, it's like it's great to get a chance to talk to people like you who have been out there in the trenches and and have faced those sort of critiques. Because I always wonder, well, what's it like to process those attacks that so many times are unfair and unwarranted, but that come from a lot of different directions sometimes? Well, I think um, uh, one, I, I'm a big quote person. One of my favorite quotes is from Winston Churchill. I said, if you have enemies, good. It means you stood for something at least once in your life. And so, yeah. um, you know, Sometimes you're going to get criticized when you stand for something, but I think it's also important to understand um, what voices you listen to, right? Because there are always voices in our heads and around us, right? From your parents to your siblings to your friends to the media to your coaches to 
you know, everybody, there's all these voices, but what voices are going to impact you? What voices are you going to listen to? And I think it's important for, you know, for people, especially young people in today's society to be able to, you know, to block out certain voices and listen to certain voices. So, you know, it's why it's important to constantly be in prayer and try to stay in the word and, you know, and praise and worship because, you know, now I'm going to give more power to certain voices and, and, and listen to wise counsel. You know, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. So it's like, you know, are you going to have people, are the people that are speaking into your life and speaking into who you are, are those people, um, do they have wisdom? Are they speaking life into you? Or is, you know, or are you going to listen to the naysayers, to the criticism? And, and sure, some of that you have to, you know, you always have to look around and make sure that it's part of that true. You, you have to be able to understand it. By the same time, you got to be able to, to have people that speak life and speak truth into you. And, um, and you have to have the ability to hold on to that. And sometimes that means blocking out um, certain naysayers. And sometimes that means being able to find the right people in your life that are going to believe in you and speak truth and life into you. Especially when you're living under a microscope a oh, little yeah. bit, right? Because yeah. the media sort of focuses in on everything, who you're dating, who you're not dating. Why are you dating them? When did you start? I mean, I see stories about you all the time and I think, gosh, that has got to be a hard <laughs> at moments to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it can be very hard because you just want to be able to just go hang with your friends and family. But at the same time, it's, you have to deal with some things, but you have the blessings uh, on the other hand to be able to walk into hospitals and put smiles on kids' faces. And so with everything you go through, there's always pros and cons. And I think that's what you really have to, it's important for everyone to realize is it's, it's not always, you know, um, what it seems. And so you really have to be able to process the pros and cons in every area and situation in life. So, so for those young people out there who are listening, or even old people uh, who are listening, and, and they listen to you, and they say, you know, Tim Tebow is a great role model, and, and, and I'm sure that you, you own and understand that, that you have that job. There are a lot of athletes out there, Christian and non-Christian, say, I don't want to be a role model. Well, you know, t- tough tatas, you are. I mean, that's the position that you have been put in. You are a role model. Uh, and, and they look at you and they say, oh, man, I want to be like him, but I don't know how to be like him. How do you make the time? I mean, you're a, you're a fairly busy dude. I mean, you've got some stuff going on. And there are a lot of people who say in their lives, they just don't have the time to, to, to get into the Word or spend time praying. And, that's what, and we, we make a lot of excuses. Uh, how do you schedule your day? What does a day look like for you? How do you make sure that you have the time to do the things that you hold as important? Well, that's a good couple of questions there. I think the, um, I think to answer the first part of the question about being a role model and having time, I think you really have to go from like a, um, a big picture look at it of, okay, right? So I'm busy with all these things in life. And trust me, life is always going to get in the way and there's always things that you could do. There's always things that could get on your schedule. But looking back, you know, 40 years from now on my life, 50 years from now, you know, what, what do I want my life to represent? What do I want my life to mean? And that's what you really have to look back and think is what am I living for? Am I living for eternal things? Am I living for the here and now? Am I living for, um, for money, fame, and power? What do I want my life to mean? What do I want my dash to represent? Because, you know, when we die, there's, there's going to be a dash in between the date we were born and the date that we died. And that dash is going to represent everything that we did in our life. And what is your dash going to represent? And, you know, it's, 
I, I heard someone talking not too long ago, and they were talking that, you know, they they wish you could they they could give a speech at their they wish they could give the eulogy at their funeral, and then I heard someone else say to me, well, you can you give that eulogy every single day with how you live, and so we really do have an opportunity to impact so many people around us, and some people might not look at their life as as a role model. Um, but the bottom line is there's all, for every single one of us, there's someone that we can influence. There's someone's life that we can change. And it, for some people, it could be a neighbor or a friend or a sibling or a cousin or someone in their school. But there's, there are people around us that are watching us, and we're either changing their life for the better or for the worse. But the question is, which one? And, you know, what are, what are the things that you are going to be remembered for? What is the legacy that you are going to leave on this earth? And for me, I want to leave the legacy of people that I love people, that I help people, that I cared about people. And it, it was the same whether it was the bum on the street or an executive, and it, it didn't change. And, and that's that's my goal. And, you know, one of the founder of uh, Publix, George Jenkins, he was asked on his deathbed, he said, if you wouldn't have given away so much money, how much would you be worth? And the, the journalist asking him, you know, you're definitely talking about you know, finances. But George Jenkins' reply was probably nothing. Mm. And because he understood what it really was about. It's not about how much you have in your bank account. It's about the lives that you changed. And so that's what I want my life to be about. I want it to be about people and lives and what's eternal. Right. So let me, let me ask you one more question. And your life, your life has, you, you've, you've, you've been very outspoken in the things that you believe and what you do and in and, 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 and every realm that you've done it whether it's football or working in the Philippines or being on television or being an analyst. And I, and I wanted to ask you about being an analyst. You know, I know you did stuff for ESPN and you've done, you've done other things, other places. And I don't want to get into specifics. I don't want you to answer anything you're uncomfortable answering. Uh, but recently, and I don't want you to comment specifically about a person, but I want to set this up by mentioning a person. Kurt Schilling got in a bunch of trouble with ESPN over he claims over claims that he's made about being outspoken about the things he believes, which he says people in the company didn't agree with. Uh, have you faced that kind of pressure working in media? Is there something similar? Would you make a similar claim like that? Has there ever been a time in working for ESPN or any other media outlet where you've said, you know, I, I would like to be outspoken, but they won't let me, or there's been kind of an, an unspoken agreement about I, I will say things or I won't say things. Can you take us inside uh, at all on that? No, not not at all for me. Um, okay. No, I mean it's just been. Um, I mean, I think it's always important to understand you know time and place when you're um, at events. Um, but I think no, it's just I haven't experienced any of that. All right, well that's good. That's good, uh, well, Billy. Can I ask him one more question? And this is more of a good-natured question. I, I hope that he'll take it. This will be our last one because I can hear the sounds of publicists cringing <laughs> with schedules. So <laughs> and, yes, and, yes, and, this is and, the last one. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as a Pac-12 fan, my Pac-12 cohorts will be upset if I don't ask. Do you have any dirt you could provide on Urban Meyer, uh, who's now coach at or at Ohio State? Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I love that dude. He's awesome. He um, He's overly superstitious, oh, but yeah. he is an amazing coach. He's on the board of my foundation. Awesome. He's, he's, a, he's awesome. So if we and um, if we were one to, of the best coaches to ever do it. If we were to sneak into his locker and take his rabbit's foot or something, there could be trouble then. Is that what you're saying? There could be trouble, Okay, yeah. we will work on that. Thank you.
Well, listen, Tim, this has been this has been great. We're going to definitely have you back again. We appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks, Thanks Tim. guys. God bless you guys. Thank Thanks, man. founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent and they were all talking a great game and this guy who is selling his house the founder of this uh, this company he's you know he's kind of an important guy and kind of you know should get the best treatment and he said to his wife if this is what it's like for us how do people who have no clout ever get around this so he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Real estate agents, I trust.com.